a call for AI ethics from the Vatican. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Francesca Rossi, IBM Fellow, AI Ethics Global Leader, and Distinguished Research Staff Member at IBM Research. Welcome, Dr. Rossi. Thank you. Give us a brief summary of your professional resume and ex explain your involvement in AI ethics at IBM Research. So I am an AI researcher. I'm part of IBM Research. So I lead research projects around the advancement of AI and also the embedding of ethical principles into AI decision-making systems. But besides my activities in, the, in research, um, I also uh, supervise and lead and uh, contribute to, to all the IBM activities around AI ethics, whether they are internal activities, like the internal AI ethics uh, governance uh, uh, framework that we put in place uh, that starts with the uh, AI ethics uh, board that has representatives from all the division and is co-chaired by me and by the IBM chief privacy officer. Uh, and uh, uh, as well as the external activities in collaboration with other companies, other institutions, uh, other stakeholders around OEI, uh, whether it's with uh, um, uh, organizations like the Partnership on AI or the European Commission High-Level Expert Group on AI or the IEEE Association, which is the association of all the engineers in the world. So these are all initiatives that have uh, uh, that have uh, activities around AI ethics, and some of them are really focused just on AI ethics. And so there we contribute because we really believe that the only approach, successful approach to AI ethics to even identify and resolve whatever issues there are in the use of AI is by a collaborative and multi-stakeholder environment. So we participate in many of those. Tell us about the Rome call for ethics and how did it start? Who's involved? That sort of thing. Yeah, so that's one of these, uh, you know, external collaborations uh, uh, that we are part of. So the Vatican, and in particular, the Accademia Pontificia per la Vita, which is the uh, uh, Pontifical Academy for Life, um, which is part of the Vatican, uh, decided to put together this uh, call for action uh, to uh, everybody, uh, every stakeholder, whether it's a government or a company or another organization, uh, to really agree about some uh, high-level uh, principles and uh, guidelines around the development and the use of AI. Um, and of course, the Vatican uh, was very keen in uh, achieving a consensus about uh, these guidelines and having, uh, you know, influential uh, partnership with companies such as IBM, for example, and Microsoft, that are the first two companies that signed this uh, uh, Rome AI uh, ethics call uh, in an event that took place on, at the end of February at, at the Vatican. Uh, so this call for action has um, uh, principles that are not uh, uh, extremely new at the high level uh, in, in, in the AI ethics community because they deal, uh, they talk about uh, transparency, inclusion, fairness, uh, explainability, uh, but they focus uh, these principles onto some uh, topics that are very dear to the Vatican, like the fact that uh, 
nobody has to be left behind, especially the most vulnerable people should be included and should have access to this technology and the positive impact of this technology. The fact that the technology should be human-centric and always be developed with in mind the, the well-being of the humans and the environment in which humans live. Uh, so there are various of these uh, um, uh, topics that are very typical of things that of uh, uh, um, principles and values and human uh, core principles that are dear to the Vatican, like for example the emphasis on non-discrimination, on inclusion. Um, so all all these principles are really fought into this Vatican way of doing things. But having said that, there is nothing in the call that refers to a specific religion, for example. There's nothing about religion. There's only about this uh, idea of how should this technology shape our future. And they should shape it in a way that nobody's left behind, that everybody is included, that everybody has access to the positive and beneficial effect of this technology, and um, that uh, the, throughout the life of the people, uh, there should be a, a, a support in educating everybody and allowing everybody to really take part of this revolution because AI is revolutionizing our world. How will the final document be disseminated and applied? Who maintains it? Who will use it, for example? Well, the document is, uh, is, uh, has been you know, uh, published by this uh, uh, Pontifical Academy for Life, so it can be found on the website of, the, of this uh, organization. Um, in the Vatican. Uh, it has been signed, physically printed and signed by uh, Microsoft and IBM in this event in Rome, uh, but now the Vatican wants to organize uh, uh, other events uh, and other initiatives in general to to make sure that the most you know, organization as possible um, uh, jump in and, and want to really endorse these principles and these guidelines. Um, um, so uh, so the, the Pontifical Academy of Life, they always say that they publish this document, but they don't really own it. They want all the possible stakeholders to actually own it and act on it. So they don't see it as a as uh, the final point of their activities, but just as an initial point. And what is different, of course, uh, because of course there are so many sets of principles around AI ethics that have been published um, and, uh, in the last uh, like uh, three or four years. Uh, and this one, again, what is really innovative here? Besides the content and the attention to topics that are important for the Vatican, what is really important is that the Vatican is really uh, allowing these uh, principles to eat, reach out to many different cultures uh, and many different kinds of stakeholders. So uh, as an institution, the Vatican is so diverse in its members, not the members of the Vatican, but the people who follow and listen what, what the Vatican says, that that allows these uh, uh, principles to be widely spread to many different cultures and kinds of stakeholders. So then what's next for the document and, and the process in general? Well, I mean, uh, from IBM point of view, I mean, this document is reiterating, you know, principles that we published and that we also put into practice inside our companies and with our clients. So for us, it's just uh, 
uh, even more support for continuing to do our work, uh, uh, not just in terms of principles, but really in terms of uh, practical implementation within our company to understand uh, each, each time we deliver something to uh, our clients, whether what are the AI ethics issues there, and whether those are so concerning that maybe that uh, that that maybe the there should be that that product should be revisited, you know, to take care of these issues in the right way. Uh, we are also do things within research division, you know, people that uh, uh, develop algorithms to detect bias, to mitigate it, to make AI explainable, you know, all these things, to make AI transparent and so on. And then from research, we bring it to, to the business units to tell them, okay, you are developing this to the developers. You're telling you are developing these things, so then we educate our developers around the AI ethics issues, for example, around bias, because we know that we all people are all biased, of course. But um, so it's very easy for us, if we are not careful, to inject our own bias into whatever we produce, whatever code we write. So we educate them and then we ask them to really think through about, you know, did you take care of bias in all possible ways? Did you have the right notion of fairness? Did you discuss the notion of fairness uh, with the stakeholders and the empathic community? So research, business units, uh, uh, services and uh, platforms so to reach our clients with our products. And so our, uh, you know, our um, approach is to say, yes, principles are good, but it is important that the companies that really impact the world with their code, with their products, go beyond principles and go to internal governance, business units, developers, you know, really to make sure that what comes out of the company and gets into our clients uh, it is really, you know, according to those principles. So to us, is an additional support to what we are doing um, in that respect. Uh, and, and, uh, and I think that it's important to, in general, because I think that more uh, institutions, more companies can get on board to really adopt these issues and transform them into concrete actions, whether it's a government or another company or another kind of institution or a university deciding what courses to activate you know and maybe there are more and more courses that really um, try to teach the students and the next generation of developers these these principles and these uh, related to AI ethics. Well congratulations on this uh, process and by the way uh, another congratulations uh, for you is on earning your spot in IBM's 2020 class of fellows in fact the highest technical rank in the organization. So I know it's new. We talked about this before we, we, we did the show, but what's, what's it like to join that exclusive group of 300? Uh, yeah, so, uh, well, first of all, it's very, uh, uh, feel very honored because if you look at the other people, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't feel like, like I belong, you know, so these people are amazing, you know, and they brought so much value to the company and to society in general. So, but besides that, I feel that I feel really grateful that uh, to see that my work has been appreciated. Uh, the fact that I brought AI ethics uh, into the company as a topic uh, that is important for a company like IBM. And, uh, and now I think that uh, we can say that IBM is leading in that space. So I find it uh, very 
um, but of course, I didn't need that, that title to see that IBM really supported that. You know, uh, there are so many people um, that now are working around AI ethics within the company that it was obvious that the company supports these uh, uh, initiatives. So that was really already very gratifying. But of course, having the title is even more gratifying. Well, so I'm really very honored and grateful and, and uh, I feel fortunate. And especially now that, uh, you know, we are in this uh, difficult situation, I feel especially for, fortunate, not because of the title, but because, uh, first of all, because I'm not sick. So I feel very fortunate compared to many other people. Second, because uh, I, I can still work. And this is thanks to the technology and to the science that allows people like me to work although it doesn't allow other people that are less fortunate to work, but really the role of science and technology is really fundamental here. And the third aspect is because I feel that with my job, I can actually help in solving the situation, whether it is, you know, uh, I mean, of course, not me as a person, but with my job, I can give a contribute within a company uh, that with the science and the technology can help solve the situations, whether it's for finding uh, um, uh, health uh, uh, solutions or um, contact tracing or uh, um, uh, support for uh, decision making and measures to be taken. So I, I really find that my position is especially fortunate because I, I know that many people feel um, important they feel that they, they don't know they're just waiting for the solution to uh, to come from somebody else and I instead I feel this opportunity uh, very fortunate opportunity to contribute to the solution with science and technology well congratulations and again they, we'll have to have you back to talk about more of that uh, research so if somebody yeah. wants to connect with you if they want to find out more information about the things that you're doing uh, Francesca how can they do that yeah, they can find me on LinkedIn. I mean, also on other social media, but mostly on LinkedIn. And they can find me, send me messages if they want, and we can connect from there. Thanks again. That's Dr. Francesca Rossi, IBM Fellow, AI Ethics Global Leader, and Distinguished Research Staff Member at IBM Research. And you can find more of my interviews right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.